0: If they ain't loyal, I post with them, they would see through, so
1: I ghosted them. Names on bullets when I'm loading them, told them dead, then I ghosted them.
2: I had to come, Welcome everyone to The True Show. I'm here with Brian and XSIQ. Joining us and our guest today is the one, the only Portland rapper, Immaculate. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me for sure. No problem, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I know you're busy. I know you just released an album and you got other stuff going on. You just did a fire in the booth at Charlie Sloth, which was awesome, by the way. Congratulations on Thank that. You. Thank you. Um, what I want to do here, well, though, before, go on. Brian.
0: Before we even go into it, I just want to tell you one thing first. The album you just put out is phenomenal. And I'm not just saying that because you're on. I'm being 100% honest. Motion Blur, and uh, Gardetto, Gardetto's and Valor sweats are Grammy-worthy songs. Wow, Damn. That's, that's yeah, quite a I, thing. I
1: appreciate that for real. Like, I haven't released a project in like a solo project at least. You know, I've still been busy with a bunch of collabs, but I ain't released a solo since 2016. But the thing, thing is, I've been making music this whole time. You know, I live right next door to Chase. We're in the studio almost every day, so it was a long time um coming and I, I was i feel like it's my best body of work so that yeah. means a lot
0: dude. It, it truly is the the layers to those songs is it's just fucking unbelievable
1: it's the first of four too oh, I'm finishing, summer. I'm finishing summer right
2: now that's Good,
3: man oh shit.
2: What, what, I, see, man. what i want to do is what i like to do with like a lot of the bowers we grew up watching because it's like Honestly, we did in 06 like your WRCs. like I was at community college Just literally going to the computer lab to watch these things on jump off and stuff And uh, <laughs> I I mean I went to search back all your scribble jam stuff and things like that I know we talked five years ago on a show prior But uh, we only talked about the battle scene when you were like battling Pat day for the chain and stuff So I want to get yeah. into like how you started how you got into hip-hop and stuff
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I mean I've, I've talked a little bit about it I think on songs but it's like all tucked on random projects and stuff but like ultimately you know like I remember I was like when I was super young like four years old my uh my grandma um my grandma Ladonna uh rest in peace she she actually had got one of those like tape uh holders like it was like this like ugly denim like thing that you unzipped and stored a bunch of tapes where you could take them and she she got it and it was full of tapes and one of them is mostly like country western and shit like one of them though was a mixtape it was called shaman and um it had it was like a compilation or a mixtape and just had like curtis blow and 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 fat boys and run dmc i used to like go around be like you talk too much you never (laughs) shut up (laughs) <laughs> you talk too much, like all that. I still remember a bunch of that by heart, but like from early on, like four years old, like i would listened to her four or five, like i would listened to her uh, Walkman. I like asked to listen to it and like bump that tape, you know, and it, it had a, uh, a special place. Like I didn't obviously develop like a real sense of like music, like I listened to music until later on, but that was really formative. And then when I went, you know, where I was growing up, all my friends like that. I mean, that's just the young people music, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just grabbed it. And growing up with my uncle Danny and him putting me on pop and everything, like I was just very uh, predisposed to to fall in love with hip hop, and um, it just went went from there. You know, on my first CDs that actual cds that i owned that weren't like listening to my uncles or anything like that was like uh uh life and times volume two to cal 2000 and i know these are like later on like but it was like when i was like you know 10 11 when these are dropping it was like the first thing pieces of music i could call my own it was um what else was there Rhyme, the 18th letter uh, uh DMX is dark and hell is hot, wow. and I, I, I had listened to Pac and all these things. these are like the first pieces of music uh, that I actually owned. So that was definitely like where my, I really fell in love with, you know,
2: uh, hip hop before I necessarily rapped. You know, nice. My first album I owned was the Mariah Carey Fantasy CD. <laughs> 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 I, th- I think I'm, I. I think I owned like Marcy's Playground, I
1: Snow Sex and Candy, yeah, the single. Oh, God. Prior to that,
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, I owned a bunch of stuff that was on like now, too, or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> So how did, was there a scene in Portland? Cause out here in New Jersey, like I, we're not too familiar with like the West coast scene as far as like a uh, more un, unknown scene. Uh, obviously we know the park yeah. and we know all them, but was there a Portland hip hop scene? Like were you in high school doing it? And everyone was like, what are you, what are you doing? Why Why are you rapping? Type thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I started rapping
1: when I was 11 and that was sort of like, uh, all my homies rapped. And my homie Deshante is really the one that really pushed pushed me to rap. But he was like the rapper, and then I would just like you know in in the circles like fools would always clown each other, and I sort of always had that you know that that eventually would help me in battle rap that quick wit back. And this fool is like yo like, and I always wanted to be a writer. Like I was writing stories, poems, all this shit. I was like my 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 only class I loved was English. You know, I loved reading and writing so he he was like pushing me like bro you should write you should write a rap blah 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 and then i got into it from there and the portland scene like there was definitely rappers like cool nuts who was who was having you know national success and doing songs with 40 and touring doing regional tours with all the biggest acts when all the biggest acts from you know e40 too short um all all these cats came through like cool nuts would hop on and do you know, the show in Ashland, Eugene, Portland, Seattle, BC, and like he, so he he was very much established at the time and sort of like, you know, we refer to him now as like the the Portland mayor, you know, when it comes to hip hop, like he was sort of the uh, goal to be achieved at that time. And it was all independent hustle. And there was a lot of other artists, like even lifesavers, you know, who are getting um, national attention with, um, dropping their project, Spirit in Stone. And so there was definitely a scene. And I remember like when I really started to tap in and want to do shows and everything, like there was always stuff to get involved in. Like the mic, open mic nights and talent shows, I did a ton of when I was too young to even be in bars where they'd like escort wow. me on the stage, you know what I mean? And then I'd have to leave immediately after. <laughs> so, and, and there was also huge events that I'd later take part in, which was like, the the DJ Zigzag would throw these big events. Would be like two thousand people sold out, and it was like all four element. I like could be like a live graffiti expo, a breakdance battle, a MC battle, um, and a and a DJ battle. And people would actually come from Cali. Awkwards came out up for one of the battles, and, and and you know around the region for sure to to be involved. So there was definitely a, a, a scene early on, and Portland's always. Always had that bubbling below the surface. It's just not what Portland's most known for because indie bands and indie rock being sort of the flagship music, I think the city's sort of associated with, you know?
2: Right. So how did how did the battling aspect take place because i know you won scribble jam you beat be mac lethal in like 04 and you're what 16 17 like how how did that take place and did you go into that scribble jam even expecting to make it that far <laughs> excuse me <laughs> like yeah. feeling like a rhythm at that point like you couldn't be like fucked with yeah i was doing
1: tons of battles like uh i i started battle in 2001 um, in Portland at one of those DJ Zigzag events that I uh, told you about, All Elements and stuff. And then, you know, from there, um, I started traveling. Um, Philip Drummond actually would flew me out to Cali for a couple events where I met, you know, Franco, Bo Rat, and Pass, and Intuition, and Priest, No Can Do, and all these cats. Um, and and did a couple of those battles, and me and Bo Rat won a two on two back in San Diego in like 02 or 03 or some shit. And uh, I I was so I was doing that and sort of getting a lot of momentum leading up to Scribble. So then it's when I sent uh I sent the uh some tapes in, you know, to to be to Kevin Beachum to try to get on Scribble Jam. And at the time, I had dropped out of high school. And I, this is like my mini little cinderella story like i dropped out of high school like i was going through some weird shit with like a, a long-term relationship and all this shit. and i just wasn't i felt like school was pointless at this point like I, I was i was very like i get all this shit. i ace all the tests like i just did not do any homework for the last like year or two of high school i was, I was failing i was like man i'm done with this i'm just gonna battle rap i'm gonna travel to cali and i'm gonna go Oh, the scribble jam. So then I started I got a job like working in an aluminum extrude plant, like just cutting metal and, and and extruding aluminum and stacking shit and all working on the saw or whatever. And uh basically like Philip Drummond sent a bunch of tapes from me battling in, in Cali and Kevin B. hit me like, yo, you you know, we you qualified for the prelims. At Scribble Jam 04 and so I was like at this time like year Years leading up to this bro, like I'd get together with all my homies and like watch Like we'd go down to 360 vinyl and get the like latest VHS or DVD of Scribble Jam and just watch that shit Like it was yeah. a, a viewing party, you know, like that was like the Super Bowl So when I got that email or whatever I, I was through the roof. I had been approved for, to get the time off at my job I'd only been working there a few months, and then I um, got tickets or whatever to fly out there, and then my home, like at last minute, um, my job was like, yo, my supervisor was like, yo, you can't go, too many people with seniority are, are you know requesting time off next week, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going. <laughs> like, he's like, you don't have a job when you get back. And I was like, yo, I'll pick up my check when I get back. <laughs>
3: like that's
1: i was working like 10 hours six days a week i was doing 60 hours a week like 10 hour shifts graveyard like i was happy to leave that shit. so i uh i ended up flying there and it was it was a crazy you know i did i started in the prelims the prelims were the same day as the event and you know obviously we know i ended up winning but i didn't expect that at all like I feel like I say this at some point in, like, in between rounds on there, but, like, my whole goal was just to make the DVD, because that's how big that shit was to me. Like, I'm like, yo, if I can just be immortalized, like, on the game tapes, as even just being part, like, I just want to get out of the prelims and make the main stage and hopefully make the DVD. So an interesting note on that uh on that topic is like sec i was watching the way they were bracketing like if you would pay attention it was like you know if if you'd see these people battle other opponents back to back and they both were obvious winners you could be like i think they're gonna be battling each other next they're doing it in a bracket even though you couldn't see it i was able to read that and me and swan at the end of the first round, me and Swan were the last two battles. And we both had obviously won. So like me and my boy, like I, he was in the crowd and I was like on the side of the stage. We looked at each other, he yelled at me like, you're gonna battle Swan next. I was like, I know. And then instantly I was like, this will make the DVD. Swan was a big name. He yep. was, you know, he had damn near won the last year and he was like a favorite going in. So I was like, yo i'm gonna make the dvd like that's all i cared about
2: you know? Shit is wild man and, and then that, so, was, that was the macy, that macy gray line right what that was, that was the macy gray line you hit him with or some shit yeah, yeah. That was, we met as fuck but yeah like uh what's
1: funny is like my boy who was there flew, like a year before or something flew with me to uh to a battle in santa barbara um, where I ended up losing to Bo Rat in the semifinals, I believe, at uh, UC Santa Barbara or whatever. But anyways, he was with me and we were getting, like, I remember we were flying back and we're at the small ass Santa Barbara airport waiting for our flight. And we started talking about battle rap and shit. And uh, we got into a debate about Swan. I was like, he's cool, but he ain't rapping, rapping. Like, it's just these violated jokes, da da duh, duh. And he was like, bruh. I think you're you're super dope. You're one of my favorite swan. Was smoke you? And I was like, what? No way! And I remember that's all I could think about. Right? And I went to use the bathroom, and literally, like right after that conversation, like a year before, I would I was like I would say something about like switch up your cadence, like call him like Macy Gray or that. And I remember like thinking of that, like not fully forming it out, but like. Thinking of like, well, what it? because he said he'd be me, like, what would I say to him? Now fast forward like a year plus later, it's my boy with the same homie with me who i traveled travel <laughs> with. Like, you're battling swan. And then that like <laughs> montage like flashed through my mind. <laughs> yeah. All right, you know, I'll be battling in the next round. Cool. And just started like formulating like the Macy Gray line and shit like
2: that. How 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 intimidating was Mac Lethal in the championship round back then? Bruh, like, when I tell you, and I think you can tell, like,
1: at that point, I didn't Get care. I literally yeah. not care it. was like, my whole thing, too. At that point, you really see, like, I'm not. I, for one, I was just, like, you know, lyrically exhausted. Like, I all the prelims were the same day. You know, that was, like, five battles. And it was just a long day in general. But and I drank like a million Red Bulls, as you can tell with my performance. I'm doing like spin kicks and like, <laughs> running around. I'm too young to drink alcohol. So I was just like grabbing Red Bulls and chugging them. <laughs> and, uh, at that point, honestly, like I expected to lose and didn't care. I was just like, every round was a bonus to me. And I, was like, I can't believe I'm still here. I can't believe I'm still here. And uh, in, in the Mac battle, I even more so like I was just like I really don't care if I would like there was a certain freedom of just not really being attached to winning because I had already exceeded my goal and everything right.
2: was just gone from there you know nice right. go on Brad did you have a question
0: yeah did now when you started out like even when you were a little kid did you like even did you aspire to be a battle rapper like to be on that level or were you more like you know, I'd love to record, I'd love to make albums and like express myself and have people like feel my art like that.
1: Yeah, like once I got into music, like when I started rap, I started rapping first, like making songs and shit like. uh, uh, So it's funny because it's like homies that really pushed me to do both. So my homie Deshante really was like, bro, you need to rap like you could do this. You're always with us. You got the quick way wh- like you need to rap. And so I was like, let me just try it. And I, I fell in love with it, obviously. And then that was like when I was 11 and I didn't do my first battle until I was 15. And so, and I had recorded songs like when I was 12, 13 and shit, like we were like, you know, this is when you, <clears throat> it, was, it was a whole different world to make music. Like we had to look up in the phone book, you know, uh, uh, studios and hit them up and then go record in some dude's basement who has like, a rock band and is normally <laughs> performed uh, in, but he's like the only guy with Pro Tools in a 30 mile radius that we could find and I was making music actively at that point and had like a little kid group you know like just it me it's called Lyrical Militia. Oh <laughs> wow. My <it> <laughs> first group I was in was with the homie Deshante and the homie Bandaluck and we were uh, uh, young thugs and then when it was with a z with a z or an s probably a z i I was a gangster rapper until like 15 by the way all my lyrics i was killing you i was
0: getting like i think i I think anyone anyone that starts rapping yeah, you just hey, mimic when what you rapping. Hear. You you mimic everything you hear. You you listen to Biggie and Pac, and they're like, "Who shot you?" And you're like, "Yeah, I got a Glock nine. I'll put it in." Your spine. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, "And you're like, oh, yo, I'm twelve. I don't have shit."
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. you're just mimicking like my very first rap was like four bars, and two of them were bitten from Rakim. But <laughs> my very first rap I ever wrote was like, "I look into my pocket, but there's nothing but lint." I try to figure how I could get some dead presidents. So I walk into the bank with the nine in my hand. Next thing I know, the judge is saying, "Approach the stand." (laughs) (laughs)
2: First rap I ever wrote, and I was like, "Yo, like I got it." (laughs) I <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's right, my. That's all right, bro. My first one was uh to rap. No one would see you pay a fee, but I shine like someone highlighted me. And from that point on, I knew that I had no chance to make. That's a bar. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> Absolutely fucking horrible. It's embarrassing to say. Like yeah. there, you still have your old shit because me and Brian used to rap, but XS IQ still raps. But like we have on the internet our old stuff but we won't tell our friends where it is like because it's no. so embarrassing yeah, yeah, it yeah anywhere and you just won't let anyone hear it
1: so I, you know the thing was is i never released officially a project till rain check and that was when i was like like i can't remember like 19 or something yeah. twenty maybe so i made all, tons of music and i would burn them on cds and um like sell them for five bucks at shows and give them away. And that was like my racket for for years, was just like burning CDs and selling them. And I played around with doing the stamping and and adding like printed art onto the burning Mm -hmm. CDs and shit. But like, that was what I was doing forever. So, you know, thankfully most of the music from, you know, 11 to, um, you know, 18 or 19 wasn't it wasn't online. It was just, like, physical only. Um, there are some, I think, that random homies have uploaded that are right. some floating around there. But, <laughs> I mean, the, even Raincheck, bro, like, a lot of fans still love that and hit me. But when I, like, listen back, like, I'm just like, ah, like, I hate, I hate my voice. I hate the extra, the extra I put on shit. Like, I wasn't fully comfortable, you know, with, with my voice. And I mean, that's just the, the the struggle of an artist. Like where I'm at now, you know, I changed like my name, I shortened it to just Ilmac to kind of like break away from some of the previous music, but also I just feel like there was an evolution that I want to be represented by. And where I'm at now, like I ultimately want to take all my old music down and not not to just cause I'm ashamed of it or something, but what I want to do is create this community model with like my fan base where I take all the old music down and make it something special that like, if you support me over here at Patreon, you can listen to everything, you know, Mm -hmm. but then as far as like what's available just to anybody out there, if somebody, you know, it's like, yo, I seen this video, Fire in the boot, first I've ever heard of Ilmat. And then goes and searches, and the first thing they hear is like some song that I put out in 03 on Rain Check mixtape. Like, that's
0: not a yeah,
2: reference yeah. the artist. I right. Instantly be like, oh, that's not my thing, you know, And especially now with being so quick of a society Like honestly if somebody at my age at our age if someone says you got to listen to this artist You better show me one good song because if I don't like the first song, I'm never yeah. going back to that artist Exactly. Yeah,
1: so that's I want to uh, and I haven't done it fully I kind of did some of that with shortening my name, but I do wanna sort of scrub the internet of the older stuff, but still make it available to the yeah. core. Yeah,
0: huh. you f- relationship, I f- you know? I feel like this album that you just put out, Spring, is such a perfect um, I don't I hate to for lack of a better term, like a reinvention in a way. Like how you're saying like shorten shortening your name to Ilmac instead of Immaculate. And like yeah. kind of getting away from that battling persona and getting into more of like the artist and the complexity behind what you're trying to say. And like that, the, I keep I keep going back to it. I'm gonna keep doing it. But that album just embodies it, man. Like that's when, because I've, I've listened to you for a long time and like, I've always respected you. I've always been like, wow, you know, he's dope. Like the shit he makes, but this was just different i was not expecting it at all yeah
2: thank you man. and, and you perfect. gotta understand out here in new jersey we as especially me and brian we do push you a lot like if anyone comes over and says hey you watch battle rap or whatever like your name is the first that comes out of our mouths you yeah. gotta listen to him you gotta listen to him so you do have fans out here man you really do that, oh man like i really appreciate that too on the level of like you
1: know i like i love battle rap and and it's you know it, it 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 comes from and challenges this other side of me that's that's competitive, and feeds my soul in a different way. But music is my first love, and you know to this day, I I defin- especially to the, like recently in the last few years, like I definitely think I'm better at music than I am at battle rap. And not to say I don't think I'm dope at battle rap, but I think that my skill set and just what 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 speaks to me is uh, far more um, is in a different category. If we're looking at like you know battle rap versus music, I I I say music is a better representation of my actual skill level. And um, I think you know especially if you're doing like the comparative thing. You know, you could list potentially list a bunch of names. You know, of people who battle better than me or who might hit your certain tape. But I think that list is a lot shorter when it it, it, looking at that same pool when it comes to music. Absolutely, yeah. And I don't think it's a competition. But at at this point, battle rap is a tool to me. I love doing it, but it's a tool just to stay stay in that world. And it's something I'm always going to be in love with. But the whole point of me starting battle rap you know at 15 was like oh i get my name bubbling over here and push people to the music it was always about the music to me so i it would you yeah, know so. i was it
0: served it's purpose essentially
2: yeah, yeah. and I, I would say to your point like there's not to knock anybody because like it, it battle rap what they do is what you guys do is amazing with how you uh like memorize everything um but there's not a big list whose music i could technically listen to album through it's a very short list i'm not gonna name anybody but like it's a short list man yeah, and when, yeah. when we had real deal on he mentioned something he said he said it's interesting because a lot of battlers don't make music like they literally like don't even have it's albums out yeah, it's and, thing. and it's and you benefited by making music first so you could always go back to it like right. so, so these dudes like these newer guys just don't even like if they didn't grow up making music but they're like hell i could spit a good three round fucking shit that's not on a beat they can't necessarily go and understand how to ride a beat and and add dubs and stuff like that so that's really interesting man Uh, yeah i mean
1: i even i feel more comfortable battling like you know even when i watch some battles like whether it be newer (laughs) ones or older ones it's like damn like you know on beat i would have spit that completely different yeah. like even finding the certain the battle tempo and pacing and everything like you know not not to knock myself or whatever but i i'm like i w- if this was on beat i would have wrote this better but because of the unique structure of battle rap i'm like oh i could have tightened that up or i wish i would have delivered this you know faster or not yelled that line it was meant to be rap better um, and so I just feel more comfortable in, in, on beat and in the music world, even if it is spitting some punchline shit like fire in the booth or raising the bars, like you're still getting from those things what you get in battle rap, which is the like cleverness and the punchlines mm. and, and those things, you know? Right. And I, I just think I'm better suited for that structure, but it isn't mutually exclusive. I'm, I'm gonna still battle, mm. you know? This year I did, funny enough, like working on cartoons and, all these other shits like and and trying to put these projects out i was like i ain't gonna battle this year you know people want the value will go up and i'm like oh, oh the year has been like no one's happening so my stock isn't going up because no one's battling so. now you're
2: stuck now you're stuck here doing shitty podcasts with me and Brian. <laughs> like no one's even noticed that i made a decision to not battle this year no <laughs> I want to give everyone a chance to chime in. Excess, do you have uh, any questions from?
3: Not, Not necessarily a question, but it's just, I just want to say like, hearing you say, like just hearing you talk the way that you're speaking about your past and everything, like it's really clear that you have like a genuine, deep, deep passion for music and for rapping. And it's just really inspiring and really cool to hear and see so far.
1: Oh man, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can't imagine not doing music. You know the people who do the would you rather's, and it's like, would you rather be deaf or blind? I'm like, oh boy, okay. I'll be blind every day. Well, I'm like I've been half blind almost my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I'm not missing much, but music, that's I, can, I couldn't do without that. You know not yeah. to jump ahead but we do do that at the end of these shows and we do keep a score and you'll have to pick the winner but we'll get to that
0: okay. uh, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's not like your boring run-of-the-mill would you rather shit. Yeah. word play it's it's very it's clever
2: yeah wow, we like to think it is yeah, so, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll skip ahead a
0: bit yeah go on bro yeah uh one of the I remember one of the best songs that I also heard you on it was just a feature the one you did with Big K uh no oh, my name Oh no, that's yeah. oh my god bro that was on my gym playlist for like fucking like forever should,
2: Yeah
1: K, <laughs> that beat, that's such a that beat like all we had to do is not mess it up you know and K is a beast too he's another one who Yeah amazing yeah rap, you know yeah. and uh he killed it. Uh, what's funny is we made that actually in when I brought him out to Portland to battle 9DM for like Grind Time Northwest. Mm-hmm. And uh, that night or the next night, I forget, but we, uh, we just hit the studio, the homie studio and recorded that song. I actually had a different verse on that song. And I, uh, I was like, yo, I think K okay, kind of shit on me. Let me rewrite a verse. And he might have still got me <laughs> even after the rewrite. But, yeah.
2: but no, yours was they—they they actually were. It wasn't like a fucking M and Jay Z thing. It was actually pretty even. I thought you guys both had your own. And the bar where you said like turn your turn your spear into splinter, spit like I'm the only thing in the hemisphere to consider. How did you get into the multis that good? Like, cause I love multis. That's kinda. I know people get on me for this. I base artists on how good they are at rhyming multis. I know it's like stupid but like if i find it way more interesting like i just love the multi-syllable stuff that's why i kind of veered towards like thesaurus and you and the wrc so like how did you start writing that did you hear somebody you're like oh he's rhyming two words three words and kind of mimic what they were doing um
1: honestly like i wasn't aware of, of doing it like early early on it was just hearing like my favorite rap Like, you know, even like at the, you know, but like method, even DMX, like there is like two syllables in these things. And like, it was just pleasing to my ear to rhyme more. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when I started getting into like battle rap and doing the science as a scientist a little bit more, I started to become aware of like these terms. Like I remember getting on, I had like web TV back in the day, like my mom had it and uh, I would go to like rap chat rooms and I would battle people it, 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 via audio in chat rooms. And that was like the first time I started hearing people be like, yeah, multi syllable rhymes. I'm like, what? Like, what is that? And like people broke it down I'm like, oh yeah, like for sure. Okay, cool. And you know, there, I think there's a personally, like, I think there's, I'd rather listen to somebody who has feeling and rhyming a single syllable than a bunch of pointless multi forced. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, you're just rhyming, but you ain't saying nothing. Right. I, and, and so I try, I, I told that line like, now it, at this point, it's so ingrained in me. Like, I don't think like this isn't technically right. Like, I just think in terms of like these rhyme schemes and even with that one specifically, the way you mentioned, like, it wasn't about syllables to me. It was just about the flow. Like, and um, there was a long period of time where I was doing the Jay-Z thing of like not writing in my head. And my flow, I think really um, gained, I, I, I was able to like in, better my flow by doing that because I wasn't married to these syllables and, and looking at shit on a page when I was just writing in my head. And uh, that cadence for, I just wanted to be like, Din and, up, in and, in and, in and, and I was like, okay, I hear the mumbling first and I just filled in the, the lines. And that's just like, now writing like that is just nice. sort of,
2: and you said it was good you mentioned something amazing because i'm sure brian and excess have the same thing you said it just was music to your ears it sounded better when i try to explain to people the multi thing like a lot of people don't get it like when you try what's he rhyming here and they're like well black and cat and i'm like no he's rhyming the words before and you really have to break it down it's like you can't really explain it to some people and i don't think that you like say you said that you don't try to do it anymore but i think it just probably just subconsciously comes to you at this yeah. point you know what I mean yeah. like if you write ra- like raising the bar you're really looking to rhyme raising the bar and it's just gonna come to you not that right. like a bar would be different if you didn't but you'll go at like play in the car raising the bar or something instead of like oh, yeah. oh go to the car because it's just right doesn't, doesn't sound right and it's fun like it's like
1: you know when I think about it like take time to really think about it. like it's fun like that's the it's that's part of the game you know it's like is it makes it more of a, like, if I'm just sitting down and, you know, instantly think of, you know, like raising the bar and then, okay, you know, car, tar, far, but all those come, but then it's like, okay, but adding this extra layer of of syllables become, and then in turn, not only focusing on the rhyming, but putting it in context, actually saying something, making it clever and still doing that. It makes it more almost like of a challenge and competitive and it's, it, it is fun, you know, and yeah. when you hear, when I do hear shit, that's like, damn, he rhymed that and that, like, that's perfect. Like there's still, I still have that element in me where it's like, damn, this fool, you know, I can't think of an example immediately off top, but I'm like, wow, this fool really rhymed, you know, Hundred thousand in public housing. Like, that's so perfect. Like, they're so relevant to each other and also have that
2: role of uh, a a complex rhyme. Like, I wish I would have thought of that. You know what I mean? Well, I would say one of the best ones you ever did was, and it always sticks out. Oh seven versus Dumbfounded when you said uh watch well, this gay guy get torn on any stage I perform. You can't rap but you can make chicken taste like an orange. So like that those shit to, <laughs> bro to rhyme and keep that relevant with all three bars is ridiculous. Like so that's one of the things I was like, all right, this motherfucker can't be like that's amazing. So yeah, yeah I, I might
1: have aged well, you know what I mean? Oh uh, yeah,
2: especially now, like yeah. <laughs> yeah (laughs) we went we went through that too with the source do you find yourself not saying certain words you might have seven years ago just because of how the world is now yeah i mean you know in 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 the freestyle era and
1: even when i very first started the acapella like you know i was definitely dropping like f-bombs and and shit like that and you know but one thing and that, you know, this is young and that was just like a, a funny thing. Like, oh, like I'll just throw that in. It was, I wasn't even rhyming it 99.9% of the time. It was literally <laughs> like after the rhyme, just like saying it as an extra I, jab. Like, yeah. I, I like that up from someone like, I like that awkward, like yells at his opponent even after the bar, you know? But just <laughs> you know, like throwing up and everything. It's like that, it cheapens the material and even kind of, uh, after my first couple battles, you know, you can even see, even in those ones, aside from my F-bombs, like I always prided myself on not taking the easy way out and going the stereotype route. You know, uh, obviously in the dub RC era, in the freestyle era, like you don't know anything about your opponent, right? So yeah. everything that you do is first impression, what you see, what they're wearing, and then yeah. being able to pull from, you know, tropes and and stereotypes and make them rhyme on the spot like that's what the freestyle era was but then when you get to get to sit down and write and and think and then memorize and have the ability to approach from new angles and find ways to say shit that people never have said before against this person that's what i get off on and that's what i what i love about the the evolution of battle rap is being able to take it a step further And it's something I've, you know, try to pride myself on is not taking the easy way out and going with stereotypes and having a deeper layer to my shit. Even as recently as A Ward, you know, I I didn't want to attack Christianity and attack his religion. Instead, I'd rather use that to attack him personally and and not just say, God isn't real or Christians, this and that, like if you, If you just skim the battle and don't really listen like you can say oh he's just taking a religious angle because i reference the religion but i'm not attacking the religion i'm just using it to attack him how he's
2: not aligned with
1: it or whatever the case right
2: that was the whole comma christian scheme you went with the comma christian comma christian yeah yeah. Yeah. not really yeah now were you a word was there any real beef there like because it seemed like there was some animosity it was like it was, just, you
1: know, real, it was just like, I don't, and it wasn't playful either. It was a step past playful. I was just like, but I think we both just had the, the taste in our mouth. Like, I don't really like this guy. He's corny. you know what I mean? And so, and there's been a few battles where that's kind of been the, the underlying thing. And, I, and there was never no beef. And I not have beef with A-Word or nothing like that. You know, it's just certain people rub you the wrong way or whatever on a competitive level. Right, you know, sure. I don't know anything about this man you know about Aaron or you know who he is as a person. I never really kicked it with him like that, so uh, I don't have any judgments, but as far as like Ilmac Mac and Award, you know what I mean, not Greg and, and, and uh, Kimsey. I on a competitive level, I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. He's right he's corny. But then i know that that was sort of a, a a mutual feeling and it makes for good battles right as, yeah. as was the outcome you know yeah
2: All right do you have anything sorry
0: no, no no go ahead
2: yeah so i want to i want to fast forward to the oh before i fast forward to the album really quick who was harder to prepare for manas or carter dean's
0: oh that's what i was thinking of
2: Ooh, carter I, deans? I mean, really yeah. Carter Deems 100%. I mean, aside
1: from, I mean, first and foremost, I got the call to like, because some, he was supposed to battle somebody, I think, and they dropped out. And our battle wasn't even locked in till five or six days prior. Like we had less than a week to write and memorize the three rounds. You know, and if you look at it, the rounds ended up being, I don't know, like three, five, six minutes. Yeah. but. Aside from the time constraints, you know this sounds contradictory because I immediately wrote all three rounds damn near in one sitting. So it's like, oh, it was easy to write technically, but it was not easy in turn, it was harder than Manis because I wasn't, he's even being able to write all these cat angles and everything like, there's not there's no penetrating his armor you know right, Yeah. Real, and i and i definitely didn't have enough time i don't think to figure out the plan as you can tell by me getting 30 to by the first round uh, <laughs> but he was just harder because i'm like there's no winning this battle so a, a lot of the battle is me complimenting him in a lot yeah. of ways because yeah. i'm just yeah beat him join him you know and mana's i I wrote that pretty last minute while I was in Australia. I did I battled him, Defron, and Cursor in one trip out there. Yeah. And um I wrote that last minute, but I knew pretty much when we locked it in what I wanted to do. Again, I, I didn't want to make blind jokes and clown him. I wanted but I wanted to use it in a different way. So I was like, you know, I wanna come from this whole angle of like I want to do, which it kicks in in my second round. I was like, in my second, I want to do like a blind swordsman angle where I say I want to even the playing field and I'm going to blindfold myself for the rest of the battle. And then in the third round, I want to, you know, talk about the stuff in the world and, and ultimately say like, we're all blind, like what makes you special? So I kind of like knew what I was going to do pretty early on with that. So it's pretty easy
2: to just sort of
1: go in and write it.
2: The underrated, your cursor battle, that third round, ra- the one bar you had is one of the more underrated bars where you have the whole uh, the cursor brought his click just to open for an icon. That shit was amazing, by the way. Very <laughs> underrated. Looks, uh, the Carter Deems battle, did you at all know the Gnome 5 thing was coming? Or you <laughs> fell right into that trap. Like, you literally <laughs> fell right into that trap. I, I mean, I, I, did, I, I figured something was coming,
1: but it was like, the, in those moments what you like what you don't understand is it's a trap either way yeah. if I don't high five him he's just gonna be like oh I always want like like damn damn like I always wanted to give a gnome five right. and that would have blown up. I think it added a little bit more of an exclamation point just having that sort of like even just the audible sound is like a cue like the pause always wanted it adds a little bit of an exclamation but even if i don't that is used against me like it's then his sentiment is just like damn i've always wanted to give a no and And people
2: are it's
1: shaking the room regardless you know
2: yeah so let's get into the album that brian has just flaunted over the past fucking 40 (laughs) 40 minutes (laughs) so yeah how'd you get into writing this why'd you leave the eye out um just Get in there, man. How, what was the thought process yeah. about everything? So like I mentioned before, I hadn't um,
1: released a solo project in like three, four years. And um, since Still Standing was the last one I dropped in 2016, but I was making music constantly. And I put out like an album with the homie Gold that was a me and a collab album. And me and Only put out Only in L2 and 667 and Raising the Bar. so. I, I still I think was out there for my fans putting content out and sort of feeding you know that demand but I hadn't put out an actual body of solo work and I had tons of songs and it got super frustrating when I look at all these songs I have like 50, 60 songs that I'm attached to and aside from all the half done shit and all these things And but you know in these last few years like even just making music with new people like you know uh, Baby Franco, formerly known as Bobby Butcher, and and moving to L.A. and and living next door to Chase and being in the studio every day and experimenting with my musicality and and um being wanting to be a little more melodic in pockets and and just experimenting so much, I made so many, much different so many different sounds in my music that I couldn't sit down and figure out how to make a cohesive project it was bothering me for like a year plus I'd be like well what if I do the 808 and heartbreaks emotional shit because I have a million songs about love and heartbreak and cutting people off because of things I went through before moving to LA but then I was like no like how about I take you know the the 808 stuff that I have and fuse that and do this and every time I would just sit down and put songs together it just sounded like different worlds colliding, and it wasn't cohesive enough, even though it's produced by Chase. I was like, I, I, it's just not sitting right with me. So, I was trying to think of a way to be able to sort of give a theme to different sounds that are that I've learned in my evolution of making music. And so I sat down and I finally thought, well, like, well, what about, you know, colors? What if I do something that's revolved around colors and and, and because when I hear beats and do these things, like I, I kind of feel a vibe and I see colors. And I'm like, I seen that that had been done. And I know that people have done season related things, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do seasons because a lot of the songs that I have, like have this sort of like spring vibe. A lot of, uh you know, I have a lot of the emotional, darker stuff that sounds like winter. I got a lot of like stuff, you know, even with LSC, or my solo shit, where it's more on like G-Funk, like West Coast, like quick, tight beats, and and these, like, that sounds like summer. And so then that's where the idea came from to then be like, okay, now I have this format that I think I could filter a lot of this music through. And so then when I sat down, winter, I was gonna drop winter first. I just sort of missed the boat. I, I hadn't, I didn't complete it in time. I'm like, all right, let me redirect. Let me focus on spring. And I made a lot of those songs, like Locksaw. I made like the album was mixed. You know, we were sending it to master the next morning. Chase made that beat. And I'm like, yo, I got to do a song to this. We did it, and I was like, I'm actually gonna. It, the album was gonna end with Gardetto's and Valour Sweats. I mm. made Locksaw, and I was like, yo, it's actually. I I ended the album Clay Pigeons with Sovereign Airspace, where I just rapped forever. Let me put the exclamation mark on Spring with this song, Locksaw. And so I added to it, which side note I also think is one of the most me in songs, like as far as my personality is in Locksaw. But Spring, I, I finished it in the end um, and really brought it all together. If you listen, there's a couple two-part songs, because I didn't want to have 14, 15 songs and, I, and, and some of them weren't done. So I was like, let's sort of take pieces and to me the sound i was going for what spring felt like to me was like soul sample bright like flowers and and even in moments of like what could be construed as self-reflection like on be better or even falling out Mm -hmm. the tone of the beats and the music and, and everything still has this certain optimism and brightness about it and that to me is spring because after winter and all the darkness it's like a a a a rebirth and that's what the project felt like to me after four years of not dropping music so that that it was only appropriate to come back with spring winter being the four years of hibernation Mm -hmm. dropping a project you know
2: like that's so in depth to release an album i would have just released it and threw my name on it
0: Yeah, you know, but, yeah. to, hear, to hear that much of an explanation for it like the amount of work that and thought like, into something like that like yeah. really constructing like it's not just like what you said scott like okay well i'm just gonna make some songs they're gonna sound hot i'll put it up with good beats and i'll just slap my name on it and put it out there and hopefully people like it like there's this whole thought process behind it it's like kind of like putting together a painting you know like you find your easel, you find. easel, Uh, The mantle you want to paint on and then you find the colors and the brushes you want and it's this whole project And it's such a shame like I get really upset about this because guys like you That I can sit there and I'll, I'll play the whole thing through like I'm not skipping a song I'll listen to the whole shit and like I'll really step back and I'm like wow, you know I really appreciate what he did. This is like it's really deep a lot there's so many deep meanings on this album, but then a Cardi B song gets a Grammy. It's like are you fucking serious. Yeah, and like I mean, listen, I'm not hating on her. I'm not hating on her. She does her thing. But the thing is, yeah, like a, an award like that, we're supposed to be awarding art and like mm-hmm. something that's thought provoking and something that makes you reflect upon yourself. And like listening to your music, that's what it causes for me. So I look at other things and I'm like, yo, what the like? There's such an imbalance in in the world with shit like that and it's unfair to guys like you who like you you made this album and it's it's fucking phenomenal you know
1: I, I definitely appreciate that you know in the sentiment i you know i do think that there's room for everything and 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 cardi like i love cardi personally like personality everything like yeah yeah dude. but aside from that like you know to me and this isn't like any political thing but like I think what, you know, when I say things like evolution and music, I I think it's not only about, you know, the new tools that I learned uh, about how to use my voice or make songs. Like one of the big things that I think kind of brought me out of my shell is for a long time, a lot of my old projects don't sit well with me for like a a reason I never understood before. And now I, I think moments of clarity hit me where I was very like, looking at what do battle rap fans who I'm, I'm touching, like, what do they want to hear? I should do more punchlines like, damn, well now I should do a girl song. Now I should do this and everything had to have its place and mm-hmm. it lost the soul of it. And yeah. I, I, what I realized is like, I don't want uh, to, to have a message. I want to be the message and by just, being comfortable in my skin and, and being who I am, and then creating, there's always gonna be a message, right? And if I'm not, if you make art with with expectations or with um, even considering the reception of that art, it sort of becomes detached, it becomes, it becomes tainted. You, you, you've defeated the purpose of it. And so I, I think kind of looking at, you know what? I don't care anymore. I don't care if a million, yeah, I want more people to hear it. You know, it, it, it means something to me, but ultimately like the people finding it and this sound is like a cliche of like someone who, you know, is not a big name or sort of yeah. just giving up. I, I, I'm not giving up on it. Like I really, the fulfillment comes in making the music and then sharing it. And mm-hmm. anything beyond that point is bonus because we're, as an artist, I'm not entitled to praise. I'm not entitled to any award, regardless of how amazing the music is. All I'm entitled to is the work. Mm -hmm. So, having that mentality, and aside from a thought, but really feeling it, I think freed me in this subconscious way to really actually make this album and make something that felt so personal because I am not, attached to ever having a grammy or anything and it's not from this like underground inferiority complex it's more of just like this means something to me and i truly believe in it now whereas even before i think i didn't fully believe in my music you know there Mm -hmm. was just something missing or something but now it's like i really do have a different connection and i don't i don't honestly all those things would be great but i don't like have a, a a vibe or a negative thought about um you know what this person gets and then how come I don't you know what I mean oh I so that. you
2: you look at your old stuff you were making for people and now you just woke up one day and just said like fuck it I'll make it for me and if they like it they like it you know what I mean that's
1: yeah, of- yeah, more more or less there's definitely music that means something to me that I've made before yeah but the underlying thing through a lot of the material that even if in dope shit there's just something on a subconscious level that hits me of like this isn't all the way there you know
2: i'm with brian though i'm with brian though like you're you're the type of artist who if i'm with my wife driving and i'm i'm playing your shit she needs to be quiet because i have to hear it You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like and and it's it's infuriating because it's like, did you hear what he said? it's like, what? It's like, okay, listen, like in your, in the one song where you talk about a celebrity's dying and then the second time around, you don't care anymore because you're desensitized to it, right? Is that what you you were going for? Yeah, the first one had a sobering effect on me and then the next one was like, watch the the celebs overdose, I'm like, damn. And like then, that's an amazing thought. Like that, but that's amazing to like, because that's how everyone is. You get desensitized. Like that's how we all are. Whether it's fucking death or whatever. I mean, shit. I played GTA the other day and just stabbed someone on a fucking bench chair for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, and my wife was like, "What are you doing?" That's a, they didn't <laughs> do did You. I was like, "Well, he looked at me wrong." So, <laughs> but but it's true. So. That to, for you to like make a six-minute song and then the, what? The second minute say that, and then the fourth minute come back to it. A lot of people wouldn't pick up on that. So, like, yeah. I, I mean, it really is thought-provoking, and it, it is annoying. I mean, you as an artist probably don't find it as annoying as the fans. I'm sure you've come across that. Like, fans fight for the artist more than the artist fights for himself. I feel, you know what right. I
1: mean? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, especially <laughs> you look at fan base is like the Barb's like, you don't want no beef with them. (laughs) You don't want beef with Nicki Minaj's fan base. I love Nicki for the record. You know, (laughs) I'm sure she will not (laughs) see this. Don't worry about it. They might not
2: even have made it to this point.
1: Um, no, for sure. It's something even in the comments on stuff, like I'll see comments like on my music or stuff I put out. That's like, yo, like, this is amazing, like way better than mumble rap or like, how come these artists don't have that? And like, I'll respond and just be like, man, like I love that artist. It's, it's not mutually exclusive. I think there's a place for everything. And, yeah. and this person's success doesn't detract from my yeah. success. You know what I mean? Ultimately. And I listen to a lot of mainstream and, and um, a lot of music that I think my fans might not listen to, you know, and also I don't think they might not a fan that's in that vein might not realize that a lot of my music takes certain things from from these artists that they're called mumble rappers or whatever like yo there's a lot of more melodic things on here yeah. I'm yeah. Here, you know artists like uh you know Lil Wayne or uh uh TJ or or uh, Ace Boogie with a hood like I I'm listening to these artists and I and I'm inspired by these different things and and take little things and not not to steal or bite but to to learn like oh i could do that but filter it through who i am and 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 make something completely new you know yeah
0: yeah i i totally agree with that like everything does have its place i'm just bitter when it comes to what our culture glorifies like what we put at the top as the most important things and like self-reflection is something that i feel a lot of people lack and it leads to a lot of problems it leads to not understanding each other because you don't understand yourself you know you're not gonna you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes if you don't fully know yourself you know so that's why i I get upset at things like that because when you know someone like you makes music and it's meaningful and it has this thought-provoking quality to it i'm like you know there's so many people that need to fucking hear this and like we're not gonna boost it up there. We're just gonna be like, oh yeah, well you could listen to this, but how about this over here? And it's just nothing. It's just like, it's like eating vitamins and minerals or eating a piece of cardboard, you know? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah.
2: Brian with his muscles over there, talking about fitness. <laughs> 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 no, but the freaking, um the, the same song though, where you mentioned, um, uh, the, the the outfit out of date it was so i'm like in the few, I'm, I'm sorry i'm, I'm kind of I'm, paraphrasing yeah like i texted brian that line and i was just like i can't write that like that's amazing <laughs> like, i couldn't even think of that i mean most people say my outfits are out of date i've literally trying to been pushed g pushing jean shorts back in the style the past no eight years no and
0: they're
2: not working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a losing battle,
2: my friend. I don't know. It will <laughs> happen it's gonna happen, <laughs> it's man. Yeah, what is that? It's like uh
0: uh um fashion comes back around so you could say um living ahead of my time something like that. I forget
1: yeah. the what I'll say is uh um, Planet of the A storm, monkey wrenches, blowing like candles in the wind, can't hold a candle to the great uh, a bank. Oh, so then I'm like, because uh, uh, it ties into the line for the, uh, I may uh, dress fresh to death, on fa- uh, dress fresh to death, Made funeral plans on fashionably late. Like yeah. even that, yeah. I'm like yeah. fresh to death. And then, you know, is the trope of the phrase like, you'd be late to your own funeral. And I'm relating it to being fresh to death. Made funeral plans. I'm fashionably late. Every 20 years, fashion comes back around. So it's yeah, so yeah. living in. And that's just a way of saying, like, no. yeah, I was like, I think writing and wearing like overly baggy hoop shorts. And I looked down, like, yo. I'm, uh, am I dressed fresh to death? Oh, I'm like, well, in 20 years, like, this will be cool again, so. It will be, and
2: I gonna Every time I wear jean shorts now, I'm going to say, you wait till 2040. <laughs> I don't
0: even think that's long enough. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, man, that's really, really cool, man. But, um, all right, what else you got coming out now? What can we look forward to? Give Something us some previews.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, spring. I'm I'm gonna drop more visuals for spring. You know, with with everything you know in the world with the virus and and all the uh, you know, man in the streets and the brutality going on and and you know, I, I planned on promoting spring a little differently, but I just there wasn't a I didn't want to at the time and but then i i was considering pushing it back but obviously it's time sensitive with it being called a seat you know spring and it's releasing in june mm-hmm. technically spring came out in spring for the record i think three days before it ended but huh. uh you know i think it was also needed because of the 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 vibe of it being sort of like after winter comes spring you know even in the harshness of of winter the seeds are below the surface and 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 flowers will bloom And, and you know the world could feel like winter right now so i wanted to release spring and i don't have i'm not sitting here like yo i need to do this big thing like spring to me just needed to come out to set a a foundation for where my music is going and i think sort of reset the clock and reset the stage for who i am as an artist so I'm still gonna do visuals for that, but I'm completing summer and I'm putting that out. I'm putting these projects out in their respective seasons this year. So I'm gonna drop four projects. Summer will be probably end of August. I might keep the theme of doing them at the end of the uh, seasons. Right. One, yeah. because of the timeline I'm on now. But two, I think it's kind of a dope thing to sort of be in reflection of the season. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and then, and then um, Yeah, and then fall and winter, and it's all coming out. I mean, winter might be something like January, but I got these four projects that, and I got songs for every one of them at this point. But that's the next one I'm putting out. I got more visuals dropping for spring. Fire in the Booth just dropped. Ghost is out. I'm going to drop a new studio freestyle next week. Nice. a lot of i'm just wanting to stay busy man
3: I'm, um, definitely yeah that's, that's great I'm inspired.
2: Yeah. i want to get to our gunner head segment uh and if if you're ready for it uh xs brian do you have any questions
3: um well it's really cool like you really are like a fucking, like rap scientist it's like it's been, it's been really <laughs> cool like hearing you like break all this shit down it's, it's really cool uh, you kind of you kind of already touched upon uh sorry touched upon it a little bit the only question i really have is um i mean it seems like you have like a very deep burning fire in your belly for music do you need to find a way to like keep yourself inspired especially through this pandemic or
1: um you know there's times where i just don't feel that creative and sometimes make songs and sometimes i'm like nah it's the same thing you know one similarity between music and battle rap is that while there's an ebb and flow with inspiration a you can always work through that you know you can still say i'm gonna sit here and put in the work so for example to put it in battle rap terms if if i can't uh, because the reason i'm using this analogy is because battle rap's on the timeline you know Mm -hmm. music i can sort of choose when to drop things battle rap is whether you're inspired or not you're booked for mm-hmm. this battle in three weeks two weeks yeah, you, you got a job to do yeah. yeah so when i'm not inspired you know to, to to write sometimes i'll still go in and say no i'm going to listen to beats and something might catch me and i might catch that if i'm not doing that let me w- see watch music documentaries that that inspire me and see these other artists journey journey let me uh read even uh, if it's not about music if it's you know whether it's the book of five rings or god is red or or you know anything um, even a uh, you know laws of mastery whatever it is it, it's just feeding the just feeding your the 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 machine to have to be able to talk about more things you know you want to change your art change your life right mm-hmm. there's a that, that's a phrase for a reason so if I'm not just wanting to make music or, find, or be, be inspired, if I'm not inspired right now, let me give myself the tools for when I am inspired to make something new, to not that's sort of be recycling the same, right. the same songs, the same lines and doing the same things, you know? So when I'm not directly inspired, I just try to feed, feed my soul in different ways, you know, to, to just, feed that
3: that'll inspire me later. Yeah, that's such a great way to look at it. That's awesome. Thank you for that answer. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right.
2: Ilmak, this is a lot of pressure on you here for our guest. Um, Now, as people who follow this show, the 45 to 70 people who (laughs) watch, we have this gun to your head segment, and I am in the lead here. Um, Brian's very bitter, but we need you to pick the winner after this, so since I won the last time and I'm currently in the lead, don't feel any pressure, by the way, to pick me as the winner. Brian, you're going to go first. These are five questions, a little word play here we like to do, and just answer them truthfully. All right, Brian, you're up.
0: Okay. Let me see. Wait,
1: wait, wait, wait. We're real quick. Go on. So you're asking, break this down real quick for me. So you're asking me questions, and then I'm choosing, uh, how is this working? Oh, so what you choose it,
0: the, the gonna winner. Hold the so what we do is we ask it's like it's kind of a would you rather or a this or that so it's just we call it gun to your head so you just pick one of the answers don't think about it just whatever comes first and then whoever has so i'm gonna yeah, yeah so i'm gonna do five like this or that questions and then scott's gonna do five and then out okay. of the both after you hear them and you pick your answers then you say who had the best questions Okay. Okay. Gotcha.
2: I got you. By the way, Chase Moore uh, picked Brian for a winner, but we don't talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have good ones. Go on, Brian. A lot of pressure. You can't fall behind here. I'm good. Alright, so uh, what's the first one I want Alright, would you rather own a Motel 6 or Section 8 housing?
1: Oh, man. Section
0: 8 housing. It's <laughs> free. <laughs> uh what's the next Community right. project and getting back. What's better? A free iPhone or a free YouPorn porn membership?
1: <laughs> I'ma go with iPhone because you porn is free, period, across different websites.
0: I don't know, some people would argue have a membership is pretty good. <laughs> don't,
2: <laughs> don't try to taint him, Brian. He didn't like your question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right um this is a good one would you rather get caught watching midget porn or shoot a porn with a midget
1: i feel like this is a uh this is a loaded question i feel like
2: <laughs> i feel attacked right, now. <laughs> feel attacked right now. Like, yeah haven't you seen you the attacks the porn on it, it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no it, wasn't, uh, it, was, it really wasn't purposely done It's i thought I mean, of these like exactly. literally
1: I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go what was the second option is getting caught watching or
0: get caught watching midget porn or shoot a porn with a midget
1: okay first of all i think midget isn't the term to use I yeah. think that's <laughs> the
0: term.
1: so let's just get that straight uh, <laughs> aside from that i would go the second option getting caught having sex because I have a flawless streak of not being caught jerking off and I will Oh not
2: me, man. You can go through my fucking
1: bloodline. They've all seen me. (laughs) I got a flawless record. Don't want to change it. All
0: right. Next one. Is it better to drive on a highway or a low road? Ooh.
1: I mean, you know, the wordplay. I mean, I gotta go at highway. You know, you gotta take the high road, not the low okay. road. So that.
0: And last one, would you rather fight Batman and Robin or get caught robbing a man with a bat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Saved
1: by that one, Brian. <laughs> definitely going with get caught robbing a man. With the bat. Like, that just, uh, I think that would I would get on the shade room or something with that that would help the yep. career. <laughs> I,
2: I can say after hearing Brian's five, I'm very comfortable. I'm going a three-peat here. All right, would you rather listen to MC Hammer or have an MC hit you with a hammer? <laughs>
0: Ooh.
2: I gotta go with MC Hammer. I had an
1: MC Hammer notebook, like, where he was yeah. on the cover, like, uh, kindergarten or first grade or something. So that your, was shit. Was,
2: your shit was way cooler than mine. Your first CD was that. Mine was Mariah Carey. You had an MCV like, notebook. I had an MC Hammer doll. I don't know why. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Did you meet an yeah. MC Hammer doll? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, Would you rather have Sweet Tooth from Twisted Metal as your ice cream man, or lose your sweet tooth forever?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's a tough one. I would go with, I'll take Sweet Tooth as my ice cream man, and I think that would be very nostalgic.
2: Hell yeah. You'd probably be dead, but all right. (laughs) right. Would you rather eat at Waffle House for a year, or live in a house made of waffles for a year? (laughs)
1: eat at Waffle House for a year because if I have a house made out of waffles, I'm homeless by the end of the week. All
2: right. before, <laughs> before every one of your battle rounds, you have to say, Christ on a cracker or shiver me timbers.
0: <laughs> you
2: know, definitely go on the cracker. Just to... Uh, it's subliminal at
1: the uh, the horseman. You know? All
2: right. All right. <laughs> Last one. Would you rather go to Clown College or make a collage of clowns?
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm down for
2: Clown College for sure. Have you seen Haskets? <laughs> yeah, it's true. And Homer Simpson went to Clown College. He ended up beating Crusty. Oh, God dude, damn it. All right. <laughs> All right, oh Mac, you gotta pick a winner between me and Brian
0: here. Just, just give it to him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with you for two reasons.
1: One, an MC, you know, really that really solidified it, but it brought like you lost points with drop slur the M word. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. <laughs>
2: You know, you lost you, me, man. You, you know, Ilmax making money now because he's covering his ass with all the slurs yeah. and stuff. Like, hey, guys, guys, this isn't me, all right? And I love Cardi B and I love Nicki Minaj. Yeah,
1: don't come for me.
2: Hey, then thanks for coming. I really appreciate, I really appreciate it, bro. It, dude. Catch dude. the spring album and all that stuff. Uh, go buy it if you haven't. Yeah. It. It's a great album, man. For real. Hey, yeah. Ilmax.
1: Thank you for having me, you know what I mean? I tend to get on rants because I just put so much thought into things. It's and great so though, it, yeah. It all comes out, but like, I appreciate you uh, letting me talk about myself for this long. It know? was great. This <laughs> was, was awesome, a great.
0: Bro.